1948, the people in the British colony of Newfoundland faced a choice. They could become an independent dominion within the British Empire, or they could vote to join Canada in Confederation. The anti-Confederates are not going to get away with it. But St. John's was an anti-Confederate headquarters. Watch in particular the attractive bait which will be held out to lure our country into the Canadian mousetrap. Listen to the Stories Behind the History podcast for our special series, How Did Newfoundland Join Canada? Available now wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Okay, how's it going? It's fine. Yeah, yeah. just like yeah. napping and... Yeah, I feel like uh, I've definitely entered the nap phase of this. Yeah, napping... Like, computer reading yeah and now I'm switching over from like the digital stuff to like I feel like I'm going backwards in time I've started reading actual books and doing a puzzle yeah basically I'm preparing like if the power goes out (laughs) yeah your brain will be ready for it (laughs) totally (laughs) you started churning your own butter (laughs) yeah yeah totally (laughs) um well, yeah, so I guess we should let everybody know what's going on. Yeah, let's us. tell them. Yeah. Tell them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we'd planned to release a full episode for you today, um, but we just didn't feel like it was the right tone for perhaps uh, what's happening in the world right now. Uh, yeah. Leah, do you want to tell them what it was about? Yeah, so our, we're, we're, we are going to release this episode. Yeah. This episode yeah. is on blackface, and yeah. it's very good. And it roasts <laughs> the prime minister pretty effectively, I would say. Yeah, yeah. But we thought maybe, we're feeling like maybe this isn't the best time to roast him. do that. So we are <laughs> going to do that. Yes, there will be a roasting. A roasting is going to happen, but not uh, right just now. Just later. Yeah, because not when we have we to see need, him every day. Here's the thing. We have to see him every day, and I need my info. Like, I personally, I'm going to be honest, like, personally, it's self-preservation because I don't want this to go in the world. And then the government is like, you know what? Leah Bowen does not get the COVID info. Everybody else gets the COVID yeah. info. Absolutely. So it's more self-preservation. Yeah, I agree. But it will come out. Yeah, it's going to come out this year, just yeah. later. So what we're putting out, what you're about to hear is a... Uh, smaller episodes we as you know we do like a long episode each month and a short one and this one is a short one and it's a new thing we're launching called a crash course yeah so today we're going to look at friendship centers um and then we'll be back soon with a full episode yeah full episodes coming soon very soon take care of yourselves yeah take care everyone okay now i'm i am gonna go have a nap okay hey leah hey Phelan, how's it going? Good. And hello, listeners. Hello. Hello. If you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you know that we do these mini shout-out episodes between our main feature episodes. Yes. But we wanted to switch it up this season and, uh, you know, make things a bit different. We got change is the only constant thing in life. So we are changing it up. Yes, Yes, we are. And we are doing something called Crash Courses. 
So what we're going to be doing is sort of a rapid fire history lesson on topics that we find super interesting. Mm -hmm. It'll be basically a quick look into things that we want to know more about and that we think people should know more about too. It's like a bridge history bites that you don't have to take much time to digest. Yeah, exactly. For our first one, I thought we would look at something that's really close to many indigenous people. Okay. Uh, and that is the Friendship Center. Okay. And I basically, this is good because you're going to be telling me about Friendship Centers. I know almost nothing <laughs> yeah. about Friendship Centers. <laughs> I saw you look through the Rolodex of things you know about Friendship Centers. Uh, actually, nothing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So in many cities and towns across Canada, you'll find Friendship Centers. Sometimes they're called Native, Aboriginal, or Inuit Friendship Centers. And these are urban organizations. They're hubs for many Indigenous people when they first arrive in an urban center. Okay. See, already, just with the name, I thought more like a older... Old indigenous people playing bridge or something. Yeah, I don't know. Bridge, more bingo. Bingo. Anyway, okay. okay, so, so no, that is number, not right. They're important for a number of reasons. Um, they can help those who are new to the city find housing and connect to other people and mm -hmm. culture. And they can tell you any number of things about the new city that you might be living in. Nice. Yeah. And so... I think I've kind of taken these spaces for granted just because they've always kind of been there. So I wanted to learn a little bit more about them. Okay. All right. So the roots of the friendship centers can be traced back to the 50s. Okay. Okay. I didn't know so that they're, either. They're pretty old. Yeah. I mean, new and old yeah. kind of. Yeah. yeah. And so after why, why that is, is because after World War II, many indigenous people were moving to urban centers to find employment and opportunity. And many veterans who had lost their status as a result of enlisting in the Canadian forces could no longer live on their reserves. So they had no choice but to move out of their communities and to urban centers. Wait, wait. So, oh man. So you sign up to fight for Canada. Yeah. And as a result, you lose your indigenous status, which basically means that you can't live on your own land. Yeah, exactly. And so you would have to find another place to live. So many people would come to the city, many veterans would come to the city, and then they would end up living on the streets or were homeless. And so a friendship center became a really important uh, place for these for these people arriving in the city. Man. Yeah. So... <laughs> Other, this wasn't the case for everyone, right? Okay, so right. Other indigenous people had left their communities due to lack of economic opportunity. Some had been moved to urban areas for further education after residential school. Mm -hmm. Others had moved from their communities um, when they had been relocated to hospitals, um, right. sometimes called Indian hospitals, to recover from tuberculosis. Right. Yeah, because the stays at those hospitals could were be forever. Could be years. But I'm also assuming some people just moved to the city and were like, I need a, a place to land, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like it wasn't, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, because at this time, this is when the past system, uh, okay. which we talk a little bit about in the Indian, Indian Act, Act episode yeah. from last season, mm -hmm. um, this was starting to become defunct. So you had, basically you had more mobility of indigenous people. So more people were ending up in urban centers. Right. Okay. Right. Gotcha. So in the 50s, you see places like the North American Indian Club in Toronto, the Kokolitsa Friendship Club in Vancouver, and the Indian and Métis Friendship Center in Winnipeg all starting up. And many of these places started as volunteer-run grassroots social right. clubs. like community. It yeah. started with community, yeah. yeah. And so this really helped for these newly arrived Indigenous people to the city to sort of also deal with racism, right? Because right. that would have been a pretty prevalent thing right. at the time. 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting because it makes me think of our episode on Chinatown and how a lot of Chinatowns started really in Canada because it was just about let's stay together to kind of have community to protect ourselves from racism. So much of it. Yeah, exactly. So much about that. And so a lot of these spaces when they started up, they didn't really have a, you know, physical building. So they would you know, utilize church basements or the Mm -hmm. YMCA or the Salvation Army or even old rooming homes, like basically anywhere they could. Right. Um, And, you know, at this time, they were, they had to be funded by volunteers. Right. Because the Canadian government was focusing their funding uh, towards people on reserve and in their communities. They didn't really want to sort of push any funding towards urban Indigenous people. And I'm assuming they didn't really want to encourage outward travel into urban centers. Yes. I wonder, I wonder yes. were they kind of trying to discourage that? I think so. I mean, I can't say for certain, but it right. definitely looks that way. Right, right. But by the 70s, there mm-hmm. were already like 40 friendship centers across the country. Cool. Yeah. So the National Association of Friendship Centers was started as an umbrella organization to sort of, you know, house these things under right. one one banner. And so there are now... In this country, uh-huh. over a hundred friendship centers across the country, from Prince Rupert to Happy Valley, and each of these centers they offer language classes and and counseling, um, traditional healing. Uh, you can join a drum group. You can learn to beat. Uh, you know, and there's services that help mm-hmm. you navigate the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's always like tons of social activities going on. That's nice. Yeah, no, that's nice. Yeah, and I mean, when I moved to the city. It's the first place I went. Me and my stepmom mm-hmm. drove to the city. Nice. Went to the Native Canadian Friendship Center on Spadina. Yeah. Went in and asked, just asked the front desk about housing. And they pointed us in the direction. That's that's lovely. And so I think, you know, that's what's important about these places, I think, for me, is that no matter where you come from, in most major Canadian cities, there is a place where you can land to yeah. feel that sense of community. This is a feel good. I love this. Yeah. Yay, Yay. friendship centers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. Okay, well, this is our first one. That's our first crash course. And and on from here. Who knows what we'll cover next? Because we 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 don't. don't. We're going to (laughs) research it and let you know. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.